Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's August 13th, 1913. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this day that something probably didn't happen. A man calling himself Halim Adine did probably not travel to Albania. He was probably not pronounced king upon arrival. (laughs) He then probably did not enjoy the benefit of a harem, and then he probably did not declare war on Montenegro and get discovered (laughs) five days later to be an imposter. But that didn't stop a man called Otto Vite probably pretending to be that imposter for many years afterwards. Are you keeping up? (laughs) (laughs) So this man, Otto Witte, was a German circus performer and a showman. Uh, He claimed to have been in the circus since the age of eight, which given that, you know, we're talking about the late 1800s, is probably plausible. Somewhat less plausibly, he also claimed he was kidnapped in the Balkans. He escaped via Africa. He claimed he'd been recruited into the Ottoman Secret Service. Then, crucially, he also claimed that when Albania declared independence from the Ottoman Empire in 1913, he said that the country's Muslims wanted the Sultan's nephew, Halim Adine, to become their king. And he noticed that he resembled said Adine and travelled to Albania and successfully convinced the people there that he was their rightful king. The crucial factor in this is that there is no Halim Adine. The Sultan did not have a nephew by that name. He did have a son who was offered the throne of Albania and declined it, which is probably where the you know the root of the whole story lies. And I think it's worth us continuing as if the story is true because it's got so many wonderful details. And you know, the, the, this is how fake news happens. But I mean, the story that he resolved had, as Oli mentioned, has him take command of this harem of 25 women having turned up in his military regalia and bedazzled the local troops and got them to swear allegiance to him. And it sounds like this absolutely fantastic story that you can really get into as a listener if you're hearing it. It's just unfortunate that it's all been unpicked and unstitched in the years since and we now know that he was kind of just a fantasist really. Do we definitely know that it definitely didn't happen? I thought what we know is that there's no evidence that it happened apart from the fact that he went on about it for decades afterwards although you could say that the fact that he did go on about it for decades afterwards is so insistent that it had happened it's not evidence that it happened but you do kind of think why would you make such a fuss about it if it definitely didn't? So it was a very chaotic and confusing period in Albanian history. They went through a lot of different um, regime changes around this time. (laughs) They went through a lot of former lion tamers that became their kings for five days. There was a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Man, those harem girls must have been really (laughs) naked. Exhausting. I mean, against that backdrop, it was easy for Vita to kind of insert himself into this confusing narrative. But obviously, we're talking about 1913, not, you know, the 1500s. If this had actually happened, an Albanian might have made note of the fact that they had a new king and that he was only in post for five days for running away with their treasury. Well, the Vita apologists would say, but the Albanians had reason to make it seem like this was something that 
didn't happen because it's such an embarrassment of a story mm. if you just accept this, you know, circus performer as your ruler. And it's now thought that Vita was probably afflicted with pseudologia fantastica, which is a nice way of saying pathological lying. Mm. He certainly did seem to believe this. His daughter went by the title of princess. He refused <laughs> to accept any post that wasn't addressed to the former monarch of Albania. But what I think is really interesting about the story <laughs> isn't so much whether or not it happened. It was more the fact that he was just humoured by everyone. The Berlin police issued him an ID card that included the words former king of Albania and the title is on <laughs> his tombstone. Yeah, German identity cards aren't a typical forum for light-hearted humour, are they? So I was quite impressed to see that. Um, but I guess he took people in I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It's strange how this show sometimes juxtaposes characters. I mean, he's not at all like Charles Ponzi because probably he didn't do any of the things he claimed to do, whereas Ponzi actually did make millions of dollars. But in the same Mm. way, his force of personality obviously brought people along with him. I mean, as far as I can tell, we only really know that this happened, or rather that it didn't happen, but for years he said that it had happened, because he was (laughs) such a raconteur that when he died an obituary was written for him and it surfaced in time magazine and the obituary took his version as gospel and then people started saying it like it was true but that's only because people had been visiting him in his old people's home for years and years coincidentally by the way he died on this same day the 13th of august but in the 1950s Mm. people had been taking what he said for years and years as an entertaining story and then when he died it got printed up Mm. as real because he basically delivered it in such a fun way Yeah, and I couldn't decide whether that was because it was a more credulous time or whether Albania wasn't considered a country worthy of fact-checking in the 1950s. (laughs) And he actually, Vita, wrote a couple of memoirs in which he expanded upon these claims. But what I feel like, I did a lot of research, I went down some rabbit holes, and I feel like I've got a feeling for why this whole story was treated with so much tolerance and even amusement by the German population at large mm-hmm. and it lies in the concept of the might not be saying it right originale German for originals and it's a f- cultural phenomenon broadly similar to the English eccentric mm. these are people who are familiar figures in German cities o- often they're peddlers market traders street performers beggars just the kind of people you see knocking around town a lot and German Wikipedia includes whole pages for the most famous originale of different cities and some of mm. them even have their own pages and I wonder if that explains Baron Munchausen, who obviously was a fictional character, but he was actually based on a real Baron, a guy called Hieronymus Karl Friedrich Freiherr von Munchausen. Uh, And he was a noted storyteller who uh, exaggerated his life massively, so much so that he sort of became this fictionalized character. But he claimed that what he was doing was uh, delivering these stories in a way to expose the credulity of the listeners who would believe the marvelous and fantastical things that he was saying in the first place. So he was kind of offended by this character that had been created using his name, because that guy was suffering from pseudologia or fantastical or pathological lying as opposed to what he was, which was this satire. kind of raconteur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was well, satire. Do you guys want to hear about some other famous originale in Germany? Oh, very much. Yeah. Okay, so you've got, the, <laughs> you've got the likes of Hans Hoer of Leipzig, who is a cinema ice cream seller who became famous for his patter and when he died, there mm. were obituaries for him in Germany. Mm. This was happening, um, this was in the 20th century. So this is like a, a long phenomenon. There was Sausage Hans, who was well known mm. for mm. using comic verse to beg for sausages at butcher's shops in Durin. <laughs> and my comic absolute favourite. Comic verse favorite. to beg for verse. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. Nice. That's very good. Verse for verse. Um, 
My, <laughs> my absolute favourite was a Magdeburg originala whose name was the Slag Monkey. He was a man who sold fish out of his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> right. He sold fish out of his pockets and his nickname was Slag Monkey. <laughs> I mean, that sounds funny now, oh, I but I feel it. sorry for anyone who bought the fish. I mean, that's, you know... Yeah. It's always yeah. best on ice, yeah, it isn't it? Be. You know, you look for the ones that look like they've got healthy eyes and don't smell of fish. It's so true. Definitely you, you not didn't out have of that a weird much choice pockets. back in the day. Yeah, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you only have time to look at one thing from this whole thing, make it the page of the Cologne Originala. It's amazing. There's a fact box on each person, but they're all illustrated with a photo of a very dedicated man who has dressed himself up as each of these people, men and women from across history, wow. with loads of like circus himself, type I presume, makeup therefore, on. Who is himself, I presume, therefore, Anna Yeah, it's good. Meta. <laughs> it's incredible. It's also worth noting that Vita uh, isn't the only person to have tried to pass himself off as a royal. And various people have done it unsuccessfully, like a, a woman named Anna Anderson, who uh, turned up in the 1920s in Berlin, claiming to be the, the Russian princess Anastasia, mm. who had survived the Bolshevik Revolution. But there's a guy called Dmitri I, who at the very beginning of the 17th century, uh, managed to successfully pose as a prince and con his way onto the royal throne of Russia. He first appeared in Poland declaring himself to be uh, Dmitri, the son of the deceased Ivan the Terrible. The real Dmitri had supposedly been assassinated as a boy, but this imposter claimed that he had escaped his would-be murderers, and now he was back to rule the Russian people. And apparently they put him on the throne. He was actually crowned Tsar in July 1605. But his rule was pretty short-lived and eventually his policies were too radical for the elites of the time and they assassinated him less than a year later. But someone did it. They actually did it. Yeah, but could he swallow a sword? Could he tame a lion? (laughs) (laughs) Vita could. (laughs) Next time. Because you might be thinking, well, so what? Why am I interested in this circus oddity from nearly 200 years ago? The reason is... Love the show? Support the show! Patreon.com slash Retrospectors! Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.